Welcome back to Palo Talk. I still have Abayomi and Derek with me on the program today. And we're still discussing the aftermath of 2019 presidential election. Um, so far, we've discussed um, the newbie presidential candidates and their lack of um, their inability to mount any significant challenge. We've talked about the voter turnout and whether it's a testament of the will and resolve of Nigerians. And we've talked about the conduct of INEC in this election. And Yomi and Derek have really made very feisty and valid points in the course of the discussion. But now, this is sort of an informal gossip uh, section for me, which I really <laughs> enjoy because... While I was putting some of this together, I was like, well, it'd be nice to actually talk about the big losers in this presidential election. And there were lots of them. There were lots of them. But I've managed to narrow the list down to four candidates. Four candidates in this election. So, at the first place, I've got Bukola, uh, Dr. Bukola Sarakidi current Senate President of the 8th Senate and is the third most powerful man in the country and at the age of 56 he's been the governor for 8 years he's been a senator for 4 and no, for eight. he's been a senator for 8 and he's also been Senate a Senate President in 4 of the 8 years so he tried to return back to the National Assembly, maybe hoping he still wins the senatorial seat and PDP wins the election and he can retain his seat as the Senate president. Um, but Darren came to an end last Saturday uh, where he fell flat on his face and the Quara people made um made uh were true to their slogan auto get as my friend right here will say he used to say auto g <laughs> so <laughs> so auto get um thereby putting an end to or oh, in quote an end to the 50 year uh reign so, of the saki so. dynasty in um Kwara state now what do you think of his loss? Was he expected, Yomi? Uh, well, I think that it, it, it was expected. A lot of things were at stake, whether on, on the part of Dr. Bukola Saraki or on the part of people who wanted to, you know, get him out of the place. Mm -hmm. You know, Bukola Saraki did not become uh, Dr. Bukola Saraki did not become say, the Senate president by virtue of the wishes of the political party that you know that brought him in. And you will recall that the the and, and forgive me to use the argument and I know that this argument emanated from the APC as a party that you know people got into the Senate and started to feel like you know they, they, that the president benefited from their goodwill. And, you know, because the argument was that you know, so you recall that the background to all of this is that in 2014, 
some people called the new PDP yeah. left PDP. the PDP and joined the APC. Um, Amechi, Governor uh, Rosemary Amechi, Saraki, Tambua, Dogara, and all of these guys. You understand? So they left at that time and came. And so they felt like it was because of their hard work and connection and goodwill that President Muhammad Boy was able to emerge. Now, you know, with all the, you know, um, intrigues against the direction, the express direction of the political party, he became senior president. And to his credit, he's been able to withstand all moves by powers that be in this party to, you know, get him out of the place. And he was able to, you know, find ways to, to do that. But it was clear that going into this election, it, it felt to me like, some people took his re-election so personally that to them it felt like it was even much more than the, uh, the re-election of the president. Yeah. Because to a very large extent, you can attribute some of the stagnation that the country witnessed both on the economic front, the political front, to the stalemate that constantly witnessed this dispen- the last dispen- well, the last um, cycle, the first term of the president. Yeah. You know, there were a lot of issues that needed to have been addressed but could not have been addressed. You recall that, you know, I remember that there's a time that even the CBN, you know, they had a lot of nominees for deputy governor, you know, that th- things that lasted, they held these things for as long as about four or five months just because they insisted that the president should remove the FCC chairman. So all these other issues in some quarters, people felt like he constituted and a principality sort of and made it impossible for the APC to actualize or, you know, um, activate the agenda. So it, it, I saw it coming. Now, whether or not it was going to happen was something that I wasn't... It happened, and I think that, you know, it, it's it's a big loss for him. Yeah, this this guy has never known defeat. He's been at the corridors of power since 1999. He was brought in as a social advisor to the president in 1999. So when you take 20 years away from 56, it tells you that this young man b- became an active part of the Nigerian political um, dynasty at 36. And when it was done, they moved him over, he became governor in 2003, left Wait, in 2011. Yeah. Became, you know, so it's a big one. For somebody who has spent almost half of his life at the corridors of power, you can imagine how, but then, you know, Bukola Saraki has always been someone that when he fights a political fight, he stakes everything about him to Only. make sure that, you know, it goes his way. You remember that, you know, he stood his ground against his dad when, his, when he insisted that it was Abdul Fatal Ahmed that was going to succeed him. Mm-hmm. As I'm opposed not his sister, You understand? So all of those kinds of issues have always stayed. So when he fights a battle, even then in 2014, you know, he was also again a case of fighting a political life. But I guess it's it's a normal loss. The ramifications for him would be great. But for the nation, you know, they say that the soldiers go, soldiers come. But the ah, exactly. So well how he manages to cope with that um would be his own thing to figure out. But I think it's a huge one for him. And the choir people too, some people have said you know, it's, uh, it's time for that. Nigeria got independence in 1960. Kuala got their own independence in 2019. But what I hear is that when there's no vacuum, nature abhors vacuum. 
when you chase someone out, what naturally happens is that someone else steps in and then, you know, takes over. So I hope that, you know, for, for whatever reason, you know, the choir people would be the utmost beneficiaries of his loss or, you know, what have you. That's my own opinion. Anyway. Thank you very much. I know you have something to say, but I won't ask you. I'll <laughs> ask you the next one because we're pressed for time. Now, I'll go to the next one. God's will Pabio, the kingmaker of Aqua Ibom State, eight years as a governor, and is he was the minority leader of PDP before he cross-carpeted to APC last year, um, which a lot of people see saw as a Mark Hughes signing for APC when a lot of, P, a lot of their party stalwarts were defecting to PDP. And so it was meant to deliver a quiet bomb for APC because everyone thought you talk a quiet bomb, you talk God's will, you talk God's will, you talk PDP. So, and when he moved to APC, that everything should, should move with him. But he lost that election in a spectacular fashion as well to Chris Ekbayong, who was the deputy governor of Victor Atta before um, he took over from Victor Atta. And if um, I remember correctly, Victor Atta was, uh, sorry, Chris Ekpayong was actually impeached. So before the end of his tenure. So that said, how great or how spectacular was that defeat? I wouldn't say it was a big, big, big loss for Nigeria. It was a big loss for him because um, his return to the Senate was also going to be a launch pad for him to move up to the senate presidency because the yeah there was that talk of him succeeding saraki okay at the beginning of the the next um, parliamentary session so it, it's a big loss for him but then again i i wouldn't say i'm shocked i'm shocked but i'm not shocked wow you have to because um the thing is this if you look at every governor who lives puts in somebody who succeeds them and also succeeds in dismantling whatever structure they built over the time they were there and they build up their own structure. Right. It's now a case of how your relationship with your predecessor is, or your political godson, if I can use that word, himself and himself and Emmanuel, Governor Emmanuel. Yeah. There's been a lot of back and forth between the two of them. Right. So, obviously, he left the PDP, and um, you didn't expect that it was going to be the same story as usual that the Senate seat was going to be handed to him on a platter, on a on platter. The silver platter yeah. so it was it was a case of Governor Emmanuel trying to teach him a lesson you mean his godson trying to teach him a lesson yes and it was also a case of him trying to prove himself that he can do it to not just acquire one people but to the APC that he can deliver but we know the result already. Yeah, we know the result. But on the right, uh, a rider on that, uh, it w the news broke, uh, was it yesterday or this morning, that um, the APC 
have approached the court and the court has granted an injunction that um, Chris Ekwayon shouldn't be returned. Um, presented with the certificate of return. I uh, should not be presented with the certificate of return as um, Godzilla Pabio has a, a meritorious case that needs to be heard before that decision is made. We'll see how that plays out because I know Adam Zushiomole also made a press conference that um, INEC read Godzilla Pabio out of the office. It's, if I can, if I can just shed some light there. Okay. Um, <laughs> there's no, there's no election in Nigeria that is not contested. So I, 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 I would hope and I would believe that the judiciary in this case will be independent and will be free and fair. Let's hope. That is, no, that, is that is all I would say. No, that was the judiciary in this case should not. <laughs> no, let them, let them, yeah. let them, let them do their job. That's it from a, a PDP apologies, Yomi. Let them do their jobs, but let them do the right thing. Yeah, that is all. Right. Oh, that's fine. That's fine. We'll see how that plays out. So the next one will go to you, Yomi. Yes. The Constituted Authority of the Southwest. <laughs> senator Biola Jimovi. He's been a one-time senator. Then he's been a governor right. for years. He is the first uh, gubernatorial candidate of your state to actually do two terms. And yeah. he fell flat on his face this time around. And to the astonishment of everyone, lost the um, election to the, uh, for the senatorial seats in your state. Yeah. Now, a big loser or the biggest loser? What do you think? Well, I, I'm, well, let me shock you. I don't know if this is going to come to you as a shock, but I think it's even much of it's, it's, it's a more bigger, it's a bigger loser in the hierarchy of things, bigger even than Saraki. Now, the reason I said his, his loss is bigger is that I'm happy that as a country we're getting to the point where people are coming out to say, you know what, if you governors have decided to turn the Senate into a retirement home... You know we had a discussion about this, the recycling of this so-called... Exactly. We did talk about it. That if you governors have decided to make the Senate a retirement home, we would ensure that only the ones who are deserving... Now, obviously, you can qualify that deserving, yeah. either by reading or by actual votes. But I think that we are getting there, we are getting to the point where... Nigerians are actually voting for the people that they want. Yeah. Now, you see, now you can say anything, well, you can say whatever you like about his reign as governor for your state. Like you said, he broke that jinx of the two-term jinx in our yeah. state. But, but you see, by and large, his tenure as governor of your state has, been, has always been punctuated by certain you know, um, intervals. Yeah. Say that those intervals have not necessarily been glamorous. You know, there have been issues. You remember there was a time we were talking to students and, you know, when he was... That's why I ended the constituted authority. When he said, I'm the constituted authority, whatever I say is final and all of that. There's a sense in which our leaders need to understand that we have moved away from those times when you're Lord and Master. Because by virtue of 
the tenets of democracy. When you are governor of a state, you are serving the people. So you cannot then give to yourself powers that the constitution has not given to you. And so I, I'm really excited that is, you know, I'm, I'm not one to gloat over someone's downfall, right? But I'm oh, it shouldn't be someone's downfall because this is all about the service to the people. Exactly, exactly. You see, because what you find is that you're having a trend where some people all of a sudden, they have realized that the lifestyle that they have become so used to, they need the state to continue to fund those lavish lifestyles. So you've been governor for eight years. Meanwhile, it was senator before. Yeah. And you've now thought, I mean, this is a man, I mean, when you read through, when you just go through his resume, he's worked with all companies and all the likes. You understand? So having made so much, having been given this very unique opportunity, we have 200 million Nigerians. Out of that 200 million, less than 1% would ever hold any elective office in their life. And so you want to now perpetuate yourself into ensuring that you are constantly at the causes of power, receiving stipends and receiving you know, resources that should ordinarily go to the people. So I think if, even if it is possible, I know it's not possible, we cannot stop people from you know, um, enjoying what the constitution grants on yeah. Make it impossible for governors who have served their eight year tenure, you know, sorry, there are two terms and all of that, to now turn the Senate into what naturally becomes their benefit retirement package after they have finished their tenure. A political cemetery. Exactly. No, no, no nation. And all it is, look at what happened the moment um, David Mark was no longer the president of the Senate. I'm not sure he spoke for once. Yeah. I didn't hear him. He was the chairman of the observation committee in the Senate. He's chairman of the observation committee. (laughs) So there's a sense in which when the nation has been so good to you, we need need to get to the point as Nigerians when we know when to bow out when the ovation is the loudest. We don't. We don't. You know that. Even in in high parties, we don't. So it's hard. You've been going for eight years. You now want to go back to the Senate? Yeah. To don't, do what? And then, no, hold your breath. Don't slow your road. Don't boil all your candy on Jima, Biola uh, uh, I've got other candidates here. Right. Um, Derek, George Akume. <laughs> what happened there? Um, it was. It was also. It was also a case of <laughs> a political gossip. <laughs> 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 becoming his own boss. Yeah. Um I think for Play Tuesday it's um there were there were a lot of factors at work there. We know what had happened over a certain period to the people of Play Two State and we also know Benway. Sorry, Ben Wasted, forgive me. Sorry. And we also know the the attitude or the response of the presidency towards all of those calamities that befell the state. And he's always been a strong proponent of the government of the day at the center. So I think, in my opinion, I felt his people felt betrayed that he didn't stand up for them when it mattered more. 
Because at a point, he just felt like the state governor. It's turning on you. Yes, he was a crybaby because he kept on saying that they were not getting the desired response from the federal level. And Akume did not say anything at any point in time. Forgetting that he's a leader. He's been governor of that state for eight years. Yes, he's been governor for eight years. He's been in the Senate for... I think three times. He must have done three times in the Senate because he was governor in 1999 till 2007. And he's been a senator since. Since. He brought in in, um, Gabriel Mm Sosuan. And when the love got lost between two of them, he helped um autumn him coming so he's he's been in the senate for a while this was also going to be a launch pad for him to be senate president as well because you know the party wanted himself yeah before saraki took it by force so he was thinking this was also his chance to be the number three citizen but by and large i think like bio said we are getting to that point where as a nation we tell people enough is enough you've you've done what you can do go and sit down let others do what they need to do yeah if i can add a little to that the uh, i think the the last straw that broke the camel's back for uh george akume is the issue of headsman and in in play two state no that, that's, that, that's that's what that's what i so, was referring to I, when i said he i didn't don't come think out. people would have uh, people people would still have voted for him if he maintained a decent stand and he wasn't so lukewarm and irresponsive to uh, the yearnings of the people um about <laughs> the feelings of their kingsmen so yeah and like you said so, i think he left um autumn to hang left him to hang out there to dry i i I, I think what he was trying to do was um play not it safe yeah he was trying to play it safe with the powers that be well at the expense of the people at the, the expense of his own people yes he's a politician and for, Whoa, so, for, sorry some politicians are that heartless they put interest before the interest of their people they put their own interest and that is what he did that's why he lost his election because your people were massacred you did not come out one day to condemn the response the state was getting from the federal, irrespective of the fact that you are part of the system at the center. Yes. You should... He's as, not. As, he's, a sen- as, he's a senator. As, he's not part of the system. No, when I, when, the when I say he's part of the system, it is them, them. He should be able to hold... As, as, as leaders, we should be able to tell each other the truth. To say, as much as I am a member of this party, and as much as the president has my total support, this issue has not been handled properly. He did not do that. And I feel that is the major reason for his loss, because he did not stand up for Benway State when it mattered most. And you want to go back and represent them. Yeah, I get that. Do you want to top that, Yomi, or do you want me to go to Ravi Kwankoso? Because I'm pressing all right okay um so the last loser i've got on this list (laughs) um strange as it might sound he didn't run for any office but i'll tell you why why i've added him to this list rabbi kwan koso is 
like the biggest individual in the north after Buari, as far as I'm concerned, because he control or, or up to this moment, at least we we think he controls the large, the most popular states in the north, because um, there was this what. I said he allegedly controls. Yeah, he allegedly controlled because, uh, but uh, yeah, I'll still I'll try and back that up as much as I can, really. Because there was this report I was reading. It's got this Kwakwansia uh, movement, and yes. it was said that on average, one in every household in Kano will have at least one Kwakwansia uh, follower, which is basically. Um, the uniform is the red and white copy wears and a, and a white robe. Yeah. So, going by that, for someone to be so formidable to have his own movement as an individual, I think it, if even President Buhari, that's why all the uh, significant challenges is mounted in the in the north in the last um, few years. It, it doesn't have that such structure. So, but the strange thing is this. Um, current senator and two-time governor of Kano State, all the candidates he backed in this election lost. All the candidates. And for the first yes. time, it was on the receiving end of the votes of um, people of Kano State because he supported a candidate who lost gallantly in his state. So, what do you think? Well, this is what this is what I would say. That um, don't count don't count him out just yet. Thank you, uh, thank you. I was going to say that, but I wanted you to finish. Okay. Yeah, because you see, some of, sometimes these things are not really they are not necessarily a reflection of what is on the ground. Yeah. Is it because for local elections they stay much more higher than the presidential one? And the other thing also is the fact that. Uh, I, you know, somebody was telling me that he actually attempted to move back to APC, but the governor, Gandhiji, told him that wait till after the election because he also needed to prove a point. Don't forget. Yeah, so you know what you're worth. Yes, exactly. Basically, just let's, let's know your political network. Mm. And then, you know, being the governor of the state, and I understand what used to happen in the past, especially when he was governor. Is that you, 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 you had a situation where people, governors would dip their hands straight into the um, coffers of the, the state. Yeah. And, yes. And then dish out, um, monies to people, cash, like, you know, just give it to them directly. Almost like, um, trader money, but this one, politicians <laughs> money. You know, you give it to them directly. Yo, maybe radio, we're talking about trader money soon. <laughs> no problem. No problem. You know, almost like you know, you are giving it to them just to buy nothing but patronage. And so it, it was also important for him. And don't also forget, Gandhiji is fighting the battle of his life. And so, what is at stake for him is a lot more than what is at stake for Kwakwansu, because if he doesn't hold that state. And eventually loses out a second term, then he becomes a prodigal son. Because what that means is that all those allegations, because that means he has lost immunity, all those allegations will now come. Because what the president is saying now is that he has immunity. Almost like saying to him, Oga, 
Make sure you don't lose the immunity. Yes, sir. Because if you, we will not have any cover for you. Do you understand? Yeah. And so all of those factors doubt doing and they also needed to show the president, you know what, we're still behind you and we'll deliver this day for you. That's for me. And you see, the thing again is all the noise that people were making about, you know, this guy filled up the stadium, you know, the, the, the crowd was so much that people were painting and all of that. We, we need to know that, look, the, the number of people that show up for your campaigns don't necessarily translate into how many votes you It's get. even the same style of people that will come for you, APC rally will go for PDP rally. People basically attend those things just, uh, oh, they're sharing money here, let's go there. They're sharing money here, let's That's go one there. Thing. Some of them just want to go there to see these people. Exactly. That's basically what happened. So yeah. for me, I think we will not, I will not rule out Kwanwansu just yet. Um, let's wait and see what happens on the 9th of March when you know, local elections have you know, been concluded. Right. Okay. To that extent, I wouldn't say he's a loser yet. Right. He may have, um, his political base may have shrunk by, by some um, significant ma- margin, yeah. but I wouldn't, I would hesitate to call him a loser this yet. Yeah, um, I'm happy to be corrected on that note, and uh, yeah, on that note, who do you think of all the candidates we mentioned, Bukola Saraki, Godzilla Pabio, Abiola Jimobi, George Akume, and Rabi Kwankoso, who do you think is the biggest loser? I think now that you've mentioned their names again, I probably want to revise. I would want to revise because you know, remember I said that uh, I think Ajimo be it. Um, yeah. But you see, to extend that, this man allowed um, his selfish. Well, no, I wouldn't call it. I wouldn't call it selfish. His own ambition to be standing president to affect because people forget that ultimately, what gets you into that Senate. Is the votes of people from your senatorial district. Yeah. Whatever you come in the Senate, whether it's any president or any military leader, whether you are number five in the country or number, you need to get into the Senate first before you even think about those things. And, and your so party must have now, won the majority seat for you to be Senate president. Exactly. So to the extent that this man allowed that calculation to affect his ability to sympathize with his people and stand with them and then ultimately he's not in the senate and that effectively took out even the consideration for senate presidency i think maybe the biggest loser or i'll give him joint joint loser with ajimobi no bukola saraki at the end of the day at the end of the day ajimobi is not well, let me say don't let me say too much about it but yes i think those two people I think that what I, I need what you to pick does, one. Yes, he said, don't, don't sit on defense. Pick one. Who is the biggest uh, user? Bukola Saraki, Akuma is the runner up. <laughs> <laughs> Who do you think is the biggest user, Derek? For me, Saraki is. But there was one point we failed to point out to bring out here. Yeah. Um, respective. Senates have always been rubber stamp. I think to me, this is the first Senate where the presidency did not have its way at every time. Right. We might argue that it hampered economic growth in the country, but at least for once, this 
is a Senate where the Senate President and the Deputy Senate President were not in the pockets of the Presidency to do their bidding. bidding. Okay. So that is one vital point. Right. Because the legislature is not meant to be a rubber stamp. But then, back to the question. Mm -hmm. I was going to say, before you ruin your argue, that argument any longer, is he the biggest loser? I would say he is. Is Why I would say him um, was obviously he put all his eggs in, in one basket. Atiko's baskets. And the, and egg, and the eggs have been articulated. <laughs> right. But. Okay. For God's will, Akbabio, let's not give judgment on that yet. Right, okay. So, but you still think Sharaki is the biggest loser? Only because God's will, they say, has a case in court. Right. Let's wait for the case. So, um, sorry. One last point, please. Even if God's will doesn't get that mandate or anything, because if it's part, power, it will still get something significant. Exactly. Give him something. Yeah. For well, me, the man is a For me, I won't go with the two of you. We know we are big. I don't think I don't think Saraki is the biggest loser, and I explain why. Oh really? I don't think okay. he's the biggest loser. Like you said, this is a man that has been okay. at the top of the political game in Nigeria since the age of 36. This is the first time he's tasting defeat. He has done it all. Like um, uh, you said, he's not been in pockets of anyone. He even, might, he even crawled out of the pocket of his own father, who is the biggest political godfather as far as anyone can say, or arguably, in the history of Nigeria. So, he went against his father, and he won. So, he's done it all. The problem he had with APC was a divorce at the altar. The divorce was at the time of the marriage. Because one of the first things he did was just go against the order or the leadership of APC. So there is no winning that battle. It's just a matter of when is he going to leave the party. So he had already found himself in a situation where he couldn't have continued with APC anyway because he would still have been uh, vilified, um, embarrassed, victimized, harassed, whatever you want to call it. So the only other option is go is to push anything he can in the opposition and pitch his tent elsewhere. So, going by that, I won't call him the loser because, one, he had a local rivalry in running with Lai Mohammed, who wants to install himself as the biggest political figure in Kwara State now. Given the fact that they are the ones um, in political power. And he's, had, he's never really been welcomed in APC in his four years that he spent in APC since after the election. He's had the CCT case. He's had uh, run-ins with uh, Tinubu. He has uh, allegedly had run-ins with Oshibayu where he said that he can't answer to Oshibayu because he was a commissioner when he was a governor. Allegedly. So, going by all this, I won't call him the loser because this is a man who has his back literally against the wall. 
more than other uh, candidates that have defected to PDP, if you like. So he probably had no option down to leave anyway. So whether he stayed, if he stayed in APC, he won't still have gotten the tickets. No. So, and if he leave, the only option is to leave. And he wouldn't go to any new party. He would still have to go to a party where he thinks he can still mount a, a serious challenge or has a significant chance of winning, even though it's a bit less than what APC has. So, and that's what happened. So going by all the odds and the factors that stack against this guy, he's not the biggest loser. And who knows? Saraki is just 56. He's a medical doctor, two-time governor, eight, uh, two-term senators, a Senate president at 56. A lot can happen before he's 77. <laughs> so, based on that, I don't think Saraki is my biggest loser. I'll have to go for constituted authority. And the reason why I won't go for God's will is because God's will... Uh, no, Akume is a spent uh, politician. He's done it again and again. By now, he's probably saturated anyway. So, that's not... He's not a big loser. So, and Kwan Koso is not running like you said. He didn't, he's not running for any political office. There's nothing to say when he runs. He's not going to win again. Um... God's will Akpabio, it's APC, they'll give him something, no question. Ajimobi, constituted loser. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, he's the biggest loser for me. And for his sheer arrogance uh, while he was in office, especially in the second term, and I think that serves him right, if I must say. So, on that note, um, I would like us to call it a day on this very wonderful and amazing youtube episode of palo talk thank you very much Derek, for joining us today this is your first time of being with us thank you for um, having me um yomi it's been a pleasure as usual i know we are technical difficulties at the start of the program and you viewers and listeners thank you for listening to us and bear with us we will we're just trying and we're only trying to get better um as much as we can as we progress so till next time when we bring you or talk to you about issues uh that surround the our happenings in in nigeria from me um